0: Greetings, one and all. Hope this finds you well. Edith Bowman here with Play Next, the podcast created in partnership with BMW. That's all about celebrating new and groundbreaking music from artists reshaping the sonic landscape. Now we've already heard from the likes of Notes, Leanna Lahavis, Le Willie J Healy, and LK, and of course, you can listen to every episode of Play Next wherever you get your podcasts. Today, however, it's the turn of Katie J Pearson and. Ellie and Theo from one of Britain's most exciting and critically acclaimed bands, the awesome Wolf Alice. Can't wait to share those chats with you, but before we get to Katie and Ellie and Theo, we like to start each episode by playing three brand new tracks from breakout musicians we think are going places fast. Now, my first thought when I heard this opening number was that Daft Punk and Foles had formed a supergroup and decided to channel the spirit of Prince. Deluxe are an outfit from LA comprising Sean and Isaac and their new album, Do You Need a Release, is out in September and it features this post-disco glitter ball, New Summers. (laughs) Somebody please direct me to a dance floor immediately. How good is that? Can't wait for that album. Do you need a release out in September from Deluxe? Next, a group who are an absolute riot to see live. Now based in London, Computer Popper's Super Organism started as a casual recording project with members from all around the world. Eventually, a real-life band formed and they've just released their second album, Worldwide Pop, on Domino Records. From it, I give you flying.
1: Alright, here they come, bring them up, right?
0: highly encourage you to seek out a live performance from Superorganism at your earliest convenience. Right, we can get one more tune away before we bring in Katie J. Pearson and Ellie and Theo from Wolf Alice. Low Island are an Oxford four-piece who are releasing their second album, Life in Miniature, on their own label, Emotional Interference in November. Their independent spirit appears to be paying off with sold-out gigs across the UK, a precursor to a headline European tour this autumn. This is the lead single from the new album, Can't Forget. love that absolutely stunning can't forget by low islands before that flying by super organism and new summers by deluxe and we'll have one more track from oc elliot before the end of the show And so to our first guest, Katie J. Pearson, an artist whose new album Sound of the Morning has been blading out in the Bowman household these past couple of weeks, apologies to the neighbours. Not only that, but I've been fortunate enough to see her live too, and her voice and stage presence, what I think are a thing of wonder. Hi, Katie J. Pearson, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Congratulations on the release of your latest album, Sound of the Morning. Thank you very much. It's all been very exciting. How does it feel when you unleash a new collection of work on the world?
2: It's a real mixture of excitement and trauma at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you finish it and you feel relieved that you finished your next piece of work. And then the few days before you release it, you remember that you're releasing something. And then you have, for me, the strongest self doubt in existence for approximately 24 hours. And then you accept that you're unleashing a new record and then you, you move on. And then as soon as it's released everyone starts saying nice things you think okay everything's okay
0: <laughs> i've read this thing actually where someone described you as kate bush meets dolly parton you've got to be happy with that
2: oh i i cannot complain i mean two of the greats <laughs> and yeah and i'm from bloody Sirencester, so it's like where are those two ladies come from <laughs> are you from Sirencester?
0: well yeah my parents have a child at the moment they live in rubber well literally we're neighbors i'm right along from winston's ice cream factory Oh, that was wild! Yeah, I used to work at the Prince Albert. That's been where I used to work when I was younger. Oh my God, the musical centre of Stroud—that's amazing. <laughs> That's so funny. I wanted to go back if you don't mind, that Shay, because you know you were you were really young when you signed that first record deal, late teens sort of thing. And it's not an easy industry for anyone, sort of thing. You know, when you hear that collection of music that you've released now as well, and the point from there to then. I guess a lot of it is learning, isn't it? And responding to experiences that you go through, be they positive or negative, you take away something from them.
2: Absolutely. I think the thing is, although I think the deal that I first signed when I was little was not the right deal, I can't complain of the fact that it taught me a lot. And it really was thrown into the deep end of like this, the very kind of opposite side to where I am now, where it was very commercial. I was doing a lot of co-writing, but I'm really happy that it happened because I was very practiced in writing and I was doing it so much and I think I've come out the other side and at least I I don't know there's no bitterness I kind of just kind of laugh about it because I think it's been such a bizarre journey that you know you've got to just look at it and think okay I, I managed to remake myself and leave it all behind but also kind of take some of it with me in a positive
0: way. Do you get people asking you for advice you know so new artists have you got any kind of words of wisdom that you'd pass on to to new artists in terms of yeah, just starting I- out?
2: There was actually, um, when I did a, a talk house thing with James from Yardick, who is such a wonderful human, one of really good friend of mine, and we had a really lovely chat about everything and he asked me what my advice would be. And I think, especially for me being as a woman in music, and I started when I was really young, I was thrown into some really like not great situations with men that were really not respecting me as a person and as a young woman. And I was insecure and young and so I wasn't standing up for myself and I was just letting them walk all over me and I think now I've got older I just wish that I was better at saying no and mm-hmm. I think I was so agreeable because I was worried about just I was just so it, it, I was very insecure and I think now I'm older I'm so much better at saying no but I think practice saying no in the mirror practice saying it all the time in small circumstances you've got to start from the bottom from the simplest interaction it's hard it's a
0: hard it's a hard word to say <laughs> No, I totally agree. But when you think about as well, like over the last couple of years, you know, have a release in, um, you know, Return, which was, you know, a very different set of circumstances of when and how it's released sort of thing. I don't know, what was that experience like in terms of, I guess, the restrictions of how that was released, you know, of, of the world, really, you know?
2: It was all really surreal because I think realising that we were going to be releasing it in lockdown it felt really strange. And, I don't mind social media but I think I find it quite draining so the fact that so much of it had to be promoted social media based and every single thing I did was on zoom and live streams and stuff so you know I was really really happy that the record was out but there was a part of me that did feel slightly disconnected from connecting with everyone and I think this time around it's been so surreal every install has been so busy and been signing so many records and It's just so wonderful to meet the people behind, you know, these posts and these comments that are supporting you. I'm glad that Return came out then, because I think it kind of did me a favor. I think the record was quite emotional, and it was quite a supportive record for people going through a hard time. So in a way, I think it maybe quite kind of swaddled everyone and made them feel, you know, supported.
0: Is it pretty special getting out and playing live again after that?
2: Yeah, I I adore it. I I love it so much. And my band are just wonderful. And we're such a close family. And I think when I was younger, I was always yearning for this family in my band that we were all really close. And I finally got to that point where, you know, I've got my band for for as long as I do music now. And that feels like such a special thing. Um, And so to get to play with them and then to these audiences, I was just so happy to be there. You know, you can't really ask for anything more, really
0: yeah totally it's so important having the right people around you because that that whole experience of of being an artist when a band and stuff there's so many highs and lows and it's kind of you know you're kind of like you were saying you've been on a a a tour of in stores and things like that it's the work's got to be put in and so to have kind of supportive network around you on a daily basis supporting each other is so important
2: you just get to a good kind of um way of navigating tour with everyone and you know i think the most important thing for me is just having a laugh and like uh, and even, you know, when my one of my most recent band members, Ben, joined, he just said he'd never been in the band where, like, everyone was so relaxed. I'm not kind of like a catty front woman that's like going to give everyone shit. You know, I, <laughs> I'm very sensitive and, you know, I never want to upset anyone. And I'm, I'm very overly sensitive. So the, the boys and especially Ben that just joined, I think he really appreciated knowing that, like, if he messes up on stage, I don't give a shit. I'm like, it's live. Like, I'm I'm such a kind of clumsy, flaky person people can make mistakes and we can you know and I think we're very open about how we're feeling as well you know a lot of us had our own mental health struggles and we're touring and so you know we all support each other we went sober for three weeks on tour you know we really helped each other out with that.
0: That's awesome. is there a story a thread running through the the record is it got a or is it a collection of you know of individual stories I was thinking about this as I was like trying to work out how I describe the record and I think for me
2: it's just it's just a series of emotions and feelings that have been documented over you know the four or five months that I did the record and and you know maybe over a year as well of just the feelings I went through and I think a lot of the songs were written when. It was kind of that up and down where we were in lockdown and then we were released again, we were outside again and then back in again. And I think there's a lot of push and pull in the record of some very like joyous moments and then some darker moments. And I think that reflects the journey I've gone through over the last year of, you know, it's been very up and down and, you know, there's been times of it being really difficult and then other times where it's been amazing. And I think for me, calling us out in the morning, it just felt the most perfect, bittersweet thing because... Sound in the morning, you know, when you hear, I know if I, say, if I say my parents are child, and they're right, looking over the common and it's beautiful in the morning and Bristol is, you know, it's quite a small city, but you don't hear as many birds. So there's something very grounding about hearing that. And, you know, often when I finish tour, I go and stay with them and I find it really confusing because obviously I've been in such loud spaces and then you suddenly are back to this quiet moment. And so there's something very grounding about it. And also there's other times if you've been, you know, when I've been younger and been partying all night and then you hear the birds as you're leaving a party and it's
0: Alfred Hitchcock-esque. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a mixture. <laughs> it's so funny because we we just moved just before lockdown and um, one of the first things that my now 14-year-old did when we got there was so sweet, was he got up really early and he recorded the sound of the birds on his phone and sent it to everybody. And it was kind of like, oh man. So sweet as well. He must be like the
2: new uh, Ray Mears. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or Bill Oddie. Yeah, that's the one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sound of the
0: listen, before we, we run out of time, I wanted to talk about um, Talk Over Town from the new album which we're going to play. Can you tell us a little bit about that track? Talk Over Town was a song that I can't really remember when it
2: was written, but I know that it was at some point like a year ago and I started kind of working on it in my room and had this guitar idea. And then my brother used to come out for cups of tea like all the time and just we'd hang out and, you know, we'd sometimes just end up jamming together and it started becoming more structured and more into a song. And then when we were allowed to like, finally go and like work in studios again it be safe me and Rob went to alleys and Bristol to the studio and we kind of just worked on it and it took a while to finish um it was one of those songs where it was quite a big puzzle trying to put all the bits together but I think once I kind of got the first few lyrics for the first verse going I kind of had more of an understanding of what it's about and it was obviously about being me and then also you know when you're an artist and your name is also your stage name and your identity and trying to like navigate that even you know it's on a small level for me but it's one of those things where it is an interesting thing where you're seen as you to you but you're seen as something else to other people and it's trying to navigate that and not let it become too much and I think that's kind of the song just feels like that kind of overwhelming what's well, the sense of being human I guess
0: <laughs> yeah amazing well listen it's so great to chat to you the new album is just it's so gorgeous it's a it's joyous is how I would describe it it's just oh yeah it's been the perfect companion over the last couple of weeks since it was released been so good so huge congratulations That is very kind of you to say and thanks for having me oh an absolute pleasure and um, and come round for a cup of tea next time you're home at mum and dad's that'd be gorgeous another Stroud mate amazing ah oh, well I'll definitely let you know when I'm next down there <laughs> alright love thanks so much for your time that's alright lots of love bye
4: Shout to me Then was it meant for me? Talk off the town,
1: talk off the street.
0: wonderful spirit wonderful human being katie j pearson sound of the morning is out on heavenly recordings now and you've got plenty of opportunity to catch katie live in the coming months as well do it do it your life will be richer because of it her uk tour is extended through until the end of september Another band who you must get along to see in person if you haven't already are Wolf Alice. Once described as the love child of folk and grunge, they always put on a spectacular show, as was the case at Glastonbury, even though they almost missed their slot due to a flight cancellation. Now you'd expect nothing less from the 2018 Mercury Prize winners, who were also named Best British Band at this year's Brits. As well as appearing at a number of festivals over the summer, they're currently on tour with Harry Styles. So we really do appreciate Ellie and Theo taking time out to join us. Ellie and Theo, could I just state for everybody listening because I just interviewed you at the weekend at a festival. I'm not stalking you, okay? I promise. Do you mind if we start talking about festivals, though? Because I haven't watched you at the weekend and just... Being kind of totally blown away by the kind of interaction you have with such a massive crowd how have festivals been or where where do they sit how important are they to you as a band and your journey and kind of you know kind of growing and developing as a band
5: yeah super important i mean you're it's an opportunity to play to people who have not heard of you before so you know potentially pick up new fans and that and it's fun to kind of let the Hidden yourself, come out in your show nice. sometimes at festivals. And I feel like they're such a joyous occasion. You kind of try and match that with your show. And so it's often lets out a different
6: side, doesn't it? Which is just really fun. I think, like Ellie said, I think it's quite nice that what I've noticed definitely in like the kind of British culture of festivals, I think what we've all noticed as a band is that like the fun thing, like it's supposed to be kind of a fun, not silly, but like celebration. It feels like kind of, there's almost like a birthday party or a New Year's Eve <laughs> like atmosphere. And, um, yeah, I think that's our mantra. And we kind of like go out with this, uh, the same set, depending on whoever we're sandwiched in between. And there are some times where we are in between two acts that might be quite at odds with with us. But I think if you go out and try and help people to have as much fun as possible, regardless of what type of music you're playing, I think people are, people are looking to have a good time. So if you're willing to try and encourage it, then it's kind of, it's kind of all right.
0: Well, that's the joy and beauty of festivals, isn't it? And particularly where a festival kind of almost leaves its kind of musical snobbery at the door where it's kind of like everything and anything is welcome.
6: No, totally. I think that's one, of, that's one of the kind of most interesting things I think we've seen as a band because we've been together kind of just shy of 10 years now. We have played festivals where it was almost like this is a guitar music festival or whatever you want to call it. And it does seem like now it's really cross-pollinated and cross-genre and and, and it feels like a younger generation are way more open to just kind of taking the best things of of the best different types of music and enjoying it without any, um, like, tribalism, um, which is really, really cool and really fun to see.
0: Yeah, I've got two, my my two kids don't, don't think about music and genre, which I think is really healthy.
6: I think that's amazing, yeah.
0: Or when it came out, particularly when they watch things like Guardians of the Galaxy and it's music from, like, the 70s and 80s kind of thing, they have a connection with it. And it doesn't matter that it came out, you know, 40 years ago. It still makes them feel awesome.
6: Yeah, I think that's a great sign for songs. You know, it seems like like if it's a good song, it still resonates in a in a proper way. So it's, I think it's exciting time to be making music in that sense.
0: I was just looking at the um, at your kind of tour dates, and it took me about three minutes to scroll down the entire list of dates. It's unbelievable. Following you on social media, you're like, oh my god, they never stop. Please, can somebody book Wolf Alice a holiday? but how is life on the road is it been full on is it do you kind of make sure you have moments to just kind of you know sit and breathe and exhale
5: yeah you definitely got to watch out for for each other and make sure you you know have days off doing absolutely nothing or doing a nice little school trip we call it <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> we went, we went uh, on a, a roller coaster the other day which was
4: so
5: like, <laughs> it was like my first roller coaster in like 10 years it was honestly terrifying um, but yeah, it's been really nice. I think like touring in the summer is really nice. Like festivals are just, it's just a different thing, isn't it? And obviously we're lucky at the moment to be touring with Harry Styles around Europe. So that's like double whammy of delightful
0: things. <laughs> you don't seem to be phased by the size of those venues
6: at all. We might not seem to, be, but we are. <laughs> I have to say, testament to him, like that band and that show and that whole environment, it's just really nice to play. Like the crowd are so encouraging and supportive. The first one was like this stadium in Hamburg. (laughs) We just got back. It was the Sunday of it was still a bit Glastonbury was still going on. So it was the Sunday and we left after that mad journey to get to Glastonbury. And I remember just being so tired and playing, and it was so amazing. And everyone kind of got their like phone lights out and were waving them. There's like 40 something thousand people. And on top of that sensory layer of madness, it was an open arena and planes were low, like really low flying over (laughs) the stadium. And and we were playing Last Man on Earth, and I was kind of like a bit emotional generally. A plane just went past, and I was like, you know when you know you're having a memory? (laughs) I was like, I'm making a memory. So this is... (laughs) I have to thank Harry Styles for not only that memory, but also the whole tour.
0: (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) What's it like in the dressing room before you go on stage?
6: Kind of simple. We just have like, we always have a hug before we play. Play some tunes, maybe a wine Maybe not.
0: <laughs> you don't have like kind of ritual tune because some people have like a kind of a specific song that they kind of that, you know like pumps them up before they go on, or
5: someone specifically in charge of the tunes.
6: There are songs that kind of make their way into the DNA of the tour. What's that? I found love.
5: Yeah, well, no, not I found love. We have at the moment to kind of perk us up, we listen to Happiness by.
6: Oh, that's it. Oh,
5: well, what's the name of it. I can't remember now. But the intro is like. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. do, do strength, I fell love. That one. Alexis Jordan. Alexis Jordan. Yes. Nice. There is like nothing negative about that song. <laughs> it's just pure positive vibes. So it does work. Like as soon as I play it, like I see like Ryan's head pop up. with it like, <laughs> 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 and then, yeah, it's, it's a good one. I like that, like a meerkat. What's yeah. that?
4: <laughs> <Brilliant>.
0: <laughs> well, you know, in terms of like something like with Harley Styles taking you guys on on the road to these amazing venues around the world and stuff, you get the opportunity to do that as well. In terms of support slots for for bands on on your tour and stuff, is that something that's really important for you? And how involved do you get in that? And also, kind of keeping an ear out for new bands.
6: We learned so many things from so many different tours. Like I can really remember what we took away from when we were away with the nineteen seventy five, or what we learned when we played with Queens of the Stone Age, or the experience at the Manic Street breaches gave us like all of those things helped kind of like inform you of different bits of how to put on a show so I think it's really important out of all of us Joel our drummer is incredible at how much he he, he is kind of constantly consuming new music but yeah I, I mean like coming up we've got Crows who are really good friends with us who we play we actually have toured with quite a few times they're coming away to America with us it's been like a combination of people we've been Listen to, like we had Lucia and the Best Boys and Matt Maltese come out with us for two halves of the, the UK run this year. And um, we've made some really close friends, aside from just, you know, giving people a, a chance to play on a bigger stage or whatever. Yeah. Um, there's a band called Made Violent from Buffalo in um, upstate New York, and they, they became really close friends, them and their crew. So it's, that's one of the, just the nicest aspects of touring, isn't it? Like kind of creating a little community and whatever. Yeah.
0: Frantically writing down all those names to go and, and listen to them. So <laughs> the um the version of the sort of EP of Blue Weekend, Blue Lullaby that you released is absolutely stunning. The version of how can I make it okay breaks me every time I listen to it. It's just like so gorgeous. Is it nice having that kind of variety? Because that was one of the things that I was really reminded of watching you at the weekend was just kind of like how you can absolutely turn it and crank it up to 11, both in a performance and kind of just the level and energy. And then you can bring it right back to almost kind of just stillness and quiet. Is it nice to have that range?
5: Yeah, it's nice to have that range as a live band, but also in the recording studio, you know, it kind of flexes different muscles. And I always think like, as you don't go through life feeling one thing all the time, like, why would that not then reflect in your music in terms of like dynamic and genre and it keeps it fresh for us and it's fun to play as well. Sometimes I watch like more kind of like punky rock bands or whatever and I'm like, I would have to start working out. Like it's so hard <laughs> to do that for like
0: an hour straight. Do so you mentioned at the start that you're it's coming up to sort of ten years as a band. Uh, are you are you having a celebration?
5: Well we really wanted to We're on tour now, unfortunately, on our anniversary. (laughs) Um, We wanted to, because like a lot of relationships, we don't quite know where in our start (laughs) date. There's like potential moments where all began. But the first gig that the four of us played together was at the Seabright Arms in East London, supporting Swim Deep in Temples. Oh, wow. And it was in October at some time and we wanted to do that gig again. It's going to be 10 years this October, but unfortunately, I think we might be in America or something. So we'll do something, but I don't think it will be that.
0: Get an influx of cards from from fans at least with a big 10 badge that you can wear on your yeah. roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm so excited to see, you know, what's next for you at I'm such a fan and it was just a treat to get to see you this weekend as well. It's so great. I really appreciate you, you know, spending time on the road, having a chat as well, in the morning as well. So, thank you so much. It's great to chat to you both. Have fun on the rest of the tour. I'll see you soon. Thank
6: you so much.
0: Okay, I really must uh, leave Wolf Alice in peace for at least the next couple of months. Huge thanks to Ellie and Theo for taking the time out to chat to us. So that's nearly it for this latest episode of Play Next, brought to you in partnership with BMW. Still time for one last tune, though, and it's on a folk tip from British Columbia, O.C. Elliott, R. John Middleton and Sierra Lundy, with this track, Baby, You Know, very much evoking a moonlit campfire duet in the depths of the
7: Canadian wilderness. Not sure what I wanted Let the air fly Lit up like a comet In a royal sky Now I watch you while you're riding small Looking at that image and I Feel it all, baby, you know That you rock this heavy soul Baby, you know to rock this heavy soul Been a long time coming filling up the cracks Like the world we're forming healing where we lack In the journey it is often felt. But I feel your body can't smile And I melt Baby, you know That you rock this heavy soul Baby, you know That you rock this heavy soul Pulling out our sweaters And you take my you know you can't have it any time That you like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Baby, you know That you rock this heavy soul Baby, you know that you rock this heavy soul, baby you know, that you rock this heavy soul, baby you know, that you rock this heavy soul, the
0: atmospheric I love that so much uh, that was the wonderful O.C. Elliott and baby you know now, I hope you enjoyed my conversations with Katie J. Pearson and Ellie and Theo from Alice, as much as I did be sure to join us next time for more new bands music and a conversation with Emily Evis who continues to set the bar for festival curators around the world if you like what you've heard, please rate, review, and subscribe to Play Next so as not to miss an episode. And please be sure to tell your friends about us too. It's genuinely all very much appreciated. And if you're a debutant, don't forget to check out all our previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts to hear the likes of Disclosure, Nail, and Felix White. I'm Edith Bowman and this has been Play Next, created in partnership with BMW.